0: From the Carter Subaru Studios, this is Cairo Nights with Jake Skorheim. Welcome back to Cairo Nights. I have a very special guest with me, Steve Coogan from My Northwest. He's the lead
1: editor over there. Steve, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me back on, Jake.
0: Absolutely. All right, so Fridays is a fun thing. You and I, uh, one, we're friends, and so it's fun to hang out. And on Fridays, we get a chance to hang out here on the show And talk about what the audience is actually clicking on. So not just the stories that we're picking. This is what you guys are actually clicking on when you go to MyNorthwest.com. So uh, we just do like the top three stories. What are the top three most clicked stories this week on MyNorthwest.com? And we do a ton of great stuff there. You guys should go check it out. Truly some great material. You're going to get all the news that you guys uh, need to know, I guess. And uh, a lot of other stuff that you don't need to know is all on mynorthwest.com. All right, Steve, I don't know if that's a ringing endorsement, but let's get to <laughs> it.
1: What is the number 3 most clicked
0: on story this week?
1: All right, we are pulling that we are pulling that up now. Let's see. We've got uh headline number 3. Kurt Warner details Seahawks dilemma with QB Geno Smith. So, well, this is this is actually
0: great news if you're a fan of Geno Smith because Geno just they announced that they're going to guarantee his salary for uh, I think his salary kicked in today. He had some clause in his contract that said if he's still active on the roster as of today, then he would get an extra guaranteed twelve point seven million dollars in his contract that becomes fully guaranteed. That's so correct. He, so he woke up this morning with an extra thirteen million bucks in his
1: pocket. Yeah. Not too shabby. If it, not too shabby of a job, but you can get it.
0: Pretty great. Yeah. Pretty great. Uh, so now I guess that would mean that Geno Smith is going to be the quarterback for the 2024 season. Well, there's more to that story, Jake. Really? So the, the,
1: the issue there is that, so they, that they've picked up. This, they've picked up the salary, but there's still a possibility that even though that they've picked up the salary, he may not be with the Seahawks in 2024. They've picked this 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 uh, the salary option up, and that it could be argued there are some experts out there who are saying that that makes him a little bit easier to trade now that he's uh, actually now that we know exactly where he's going to be, what his situation is, that makes him a, a trade candidate possibly. So we don't know exactly what, what's going to happen with Gino just yet, but but if you are a fan of Gino, it's more likely he's going to stay with the team uh in twenty twenty four than it was previously. I
0: love know? Gino. I you know, I, I wish that this last season would have been as exciting as his previous season with the Seahawks when he was setting all those records and everybody was like, Where did this guy come from? And you know, yeah. I mean journeyman Journeyman makes good, you know? Yeah, I mean it's like he was he there. was highly drafted. Uh, when he, I think he was picked up by the Jets originally, and then yeah, second round
1: pick from the yeah for the Jets, and and he didn't do particularly well there to to start, and he ended up in Seattle and, and hanging out on the bench for a while, and then all of a sudden, ta-da! Yeah, Russell you know?
0: gets a hurt finger, and Gino gets to step in and gets his chance, and so it worked out for him really, really well. The cool thing was he had not made his money yet. I mean, a lot. I mean, he'd been in the yeah. league a long time, but I imagine he was on the lower end spectrum for quarterbacks.
1: Yeah, when you're a backup, you're not you're making obviously. It's, Obviously, no, you're getting you know, you know, veteran. You're, not, you're, you're getting. I
0: mean, there's a league minimum which right, these players are making, right. which it might,
1: maybe a little bit more than that. But yeah, you're not making when starters and the NFL starters and you know the quarterbacks they make a ton of money these days, well, and, and the money keeps keeps climbing. It's it's an impossibly difficult job, yes, to do. I, I and
0: so you know, again, veteran pay for the average NFL player, you and I would think that's fantastic money. But if you're a quarterback. That's just like middling to to low money. Yes. So for Geno Smith to finally get this big bump in pay and have all this guaranteed money is really exciting for him and I just think really cool because he's been playing under this like year-to-year contract kind of thing. Right. So So now that he's getting this extra money, I'm excited for him. I would love for him to have some success with the Seahawks, but I would more love for just the Seahawks to have some success. So if he needs to go
1: away for that to happen, (laughs) I'm all for that too. I think a lot of people feel the same way you do. All right, number two story. What do we got? Story number two, headline number two. Store owner prevents robbery by bringing machete to a knife fight. This is a really,
0: there's so many ironies to the story. One, the guy's name is pronounced, I believe the guy's name is pronounced knife. It's like very close.
1: Yeah, it's uh, spelled N-I, excuse me, N-A-I-F. Yeah. So I believe believe you're right there. Yeah, it's
0: pronounced knife. So you have this store. He owns a convenience store down in Tacoma, and he and his wife run it. He's 70 years old. And like a lot of these small businesses in, you know, these different urban areas, he is getting robbed. And it's happening so frequently that Mm -hmm. he needs to figure out how to protect his store. Yep. So this guy comes in the other day. I think this is back on February 5th when this actually happened. Correct. This guy comes in and he leans across the counter and he's wearing a hood and he's kind of like trying to obscure his face. I don't know if he knew that there was a camera filming him, but there is a crystal clear camera filming this whole exchange and the the Tacoma Police Department actually released the video, so you can all see it. We put it up on dot You guys should go over there and check it out. This guy comes up to the counter and he's kind of having some exchange with them. We can't actually hear the audio, but he pulls a little knife out of his pocket. Looks like it's not a, it's probably not a switchblade, but it looks like just like it like a little almost like a little shank knife. And he sticks it across at Naif and or knife, however you pronounce his name, and <laughs> knife looks at his little, at this little knife in this guy's hand, and he goes, you think that's a knife? He goes, that's not, a, and he literally said this. He said, that's not a knife, this is a knife, and he reaches behind the counter right. and he pulls out a giant machete, Yes. and you were making the joke earlier, you said, I don't know if they make small machetes. No, that's right, I don't think they do. So they, he pulls out a average-sized machete, he right. pulls out a big machete, and he wields it against this guy, and now he brought a machete to a tiny knife that's fight that's right and, and
1: it did go well for the for and the, the robber backs robber off
0: falls back on his back <laughs> right I actually had a knife on my show last night and talked to him about this oh my he goodness he was fantastic yeah. I just got his number and I called him up at the store and I got the store's number and because he's such a I mean like of course this guy was working at the time sure so there's people coming in and out of the stores. I'm talking to him. It's actually really fantastic. But he's super funny, and he's like, I was like, as I'm talking to him, I'm like, Hey, did you like the movie Crocodile? Because we got oh, to the point. Oh, I was
1: going to go there. You beat me to it. And I was like, Did <laughs> you like
0: the movie Crocodile Dundee? And he starts laughing, and he goes, That's one of my favorite movies. And I was like, Of course it is. <laughs> because yes. Because you, you said the lines like such a specific line. Yes. And uh, he goes, Yeah, I, I stood over the guy, and I had this machete out, and my wife. I was holding him at night. At the, I was holding him with the machete. I was holding him on the ground. I was saying, "Call the cops." I want to wait till the cops. I'm going to hold you until the cops get here. But his wife was now concerned for the robber because she knew that her husband was that he means business. And so his wife said, "You know, his, his wife was like, oh, let it.' You know, like back off a little bit." And so when he did, the robber had a at a moment, just a split second, and he he hightailed it. Stupidly, he then comes back. Yeah, uh, he, he had actually found the police arrest him. They say this guy actually needs to get into some treatment. So they uh, offer him treatment in an ambulance. He turns that down. So they say, okay, if you're not going to go to an ambulance, we're going to arrest you, which they did. He then gets re released. Uh, and then, then the very next day on February 6th, where do you think this guy shows up again?
1: Unbelievably, he goes back, back. to the store. What a the dumb s- dumb. Uh, I, I, that when James was telling me about this story, yeah. I couldn't believe that that was the, uh, the the conclusion to this particular story. I just unbelievable to me. Yeah. Why? What are you doing? It was so what stu- are you
0: doing? You just can't fix stupid sometimes. Uh, but James Lynch is the reporter who had this story. It was fantastic. And uh, but yeah, but but so Knife tells me on the show last night. He goes, yeah. So I just I'm just sitting there talking to this guy, and he stands in the doorway, and then he threatens to kill the 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 robber, the bad guy, threatens to kill Knife for a second time. He goes, "I'm going to come back. I'm going to rob you and I'm going to kill you." And Nate says, "No, you're not." Punches him in the chest right. and knocks him down. Yep. Like two times yep. a, a bad a. And uh anyway, the guy gets rearrested. He's now in jail and he has a I think he has his uh court cases on the 22nd. So, we'll see how that turns out. But that's that's a fantastic story and I love the thing I love about that is that a guy stood up and said, "You're not going to steal from me and my family anymore. I'm going to protect my store yep. because I care about it." And the greatest part of that article, James asks him, he goes, were you scared? He's asking this to Knife. Yep. Or Knife. I'm just mispronouncing it. And uh, he says, Knife, were you scared in that moment when this guy's holding the knife to you? And he laughs. And he goes, was I scared? No. He was scared. He should yeah. be the one scared. I'm just like, that's the attitude we need to yeah, have with these right. punk robbers. Yep. Yes, the police say don't engage them. And yes, you shouldn't. You should not engage them. And if they're going to steal your wallet, let them have your wallet. But... Every once in a
1: while, yeah. I like to see the good guys. I never win. the respect, the confidence in that. In yeah, it's that like position Clint Eastwood. Well. Yeah, just just like, a oh, bit.
0: man, what a he's a cool dude. A little bit. All right. Uh, that's the number two story. Obviously, I'm uh, very excited and charged up about that one. Yes. Give me the number one story on mynorthwest.com.
1: All right. Uh, by a lot, we're going to go with headline number one Tire ban, $1,000 fine for idling, have, have life in the Washington legislature. So this one was really confusing because Chris had this story. This is this is like a two-parter
0: story. Yes. So originally, Chris had this story that in the House, not the Senate, but in the House, they were trying to uh, have this. There was a there was some committee hearing or something where they were talking about letting the I believe it's the Washington State Department of Commerce have authority to decide what kind of tires that you or I could buy. Right. And so before we give the update on the story and why it's so interesting. How do you feel about that? Do you think the Washington State Department of Commerce should have uh, the authority to tell you what kind of tires you should buy?
1: Yeah, we, this has come up before, uh, Dick said. I know you've talked about it. I think we've talked about it. But I think overall, I, I'm 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 reticent to allow the Department of Commerce to tell allow me to, to you know to tell me which tires I can and can't buy. As much as I respect the fact that climate change is a big thing, or you know uh, climate change is significant, and we you know we're worrying about the environment. I have a hard time. I feel like there are other ways we can attack that issue than telling me which tires I can and cannot buy.
0: Which is exactly what they want to do. And you're right. It's a slippery slope. Yes. You start with saying, oh, well, we just don't want you to have like wide tread tires. We right. don't want you to have tires over a certain weight. Sure. And before you know it, you can't buy tires for your truck anymore because they don't want right. you driving around with a big giant truck, Right. which is the whole point. They're trying to keep tires that they say are low resistance tires, which they say are better for gas mileage. Now, the problem with that in the original story, which Chris detailed wonderfully, and you guys can check this out on MyNorthwest.com, the problem with that is when you actually talk to tire manufacturers, they will tell you that, and anybody who's ever driven a car will tell you, uh, bald tires don't perform super well in bad weather. Right. And where do you think we live we live, we live in Washington of- State. Yeah. What's a, of- a thing that we are constantly dealing with?
1: Bad weather. Water on mm-hmm. the roadways.
0: Yes, right. Exactly. And so when you have tires that are bald, yes, maybe they get better gas mileage for your vehicle, but they also are going to cause more accidents. Right. You're going to be, you're going to be uh, uh, hydroplaning all of the time. Yeah.
1: You'll be replacing them more often.
0: You also, that's the other thing that Chris yep. detailed in this article. Sure. Is you would have to replace these tires all of the time because they're pretty much when you buy them they're already they're already worn down sure what they don't want what what Washington State Department of Commerce uh or or the democrats in in the in congress in the uh, in the house who were trying to pass this originally what they don't want is they don't want you driving your car because they say it's bad for the environment right and they want to they they say this is all about climate change just like you talked about a second ago so there was a giant public outcry about this i think two weeks ago this was like this was by far and away the number one story yes. hundreds of thousands of clicks yes, absolutely people were riled up and lawmakers heard that message right and so they don't want to be sponsoring bills that are unpopular right and so when they went into the committee and they talked about it they quickly said hey you know what we got a we got a, a a lame duck here nobody wants this we're certainly not going to put our names to this this thing's kryptonite let's get rid of it people like choosing their own tires I like choosing my own tires. I like going into Les Schwab. I like going in there with my kids. Right. Actually, if I can go by myself, that's the best. Yeah, sure. I can just like cruise around on my phone. I can use their Wi-Fi. I can yep. eat free popcorn. I can watch ESPN, and it takes yeah. three hours. Right.
1: It's not It's not. It's not bad. I <laughs> Getting tires my, is almost fun,
0: right? I haven't told my wife yet that I can just drop it off. <laughs> she thinks I <laughs> right. have to show up and stay there because I love to go there. It's a three-hour vacation on the yep. weekend. It's dad zone. Dad, right. dad
1: central. So uh, I don't want that experience to it go away. makes you want to get tires every two or 3,000 miles, doesn't it?
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah, no kidding. So uh, I don't want that experience to go away. I don't want the government stepping in and telling me what kind of tires that I can buy. Because I drive a truck. Yeah. It doesn't work for me to have these tiny little tires. Even though they're better for the environment, it just doesn't... Literally, I cannot drive my vehicle. So that was the original story. The bill died when yes. they talked about it in their closed-door session committees or whatever. It's, it was done. And
1: then... Chris tells us now. That's right, and he tells us with a a great emotion in his story. Magically, you can tell he's 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 uh, he's he doesn't like the way this is developed. Somehow this gets resurrected, and I think it was Senator Marco Leas. That's right, a Democrat from Edmonds, Democrat Edmonds, Mm -hmm. in the Senate. So essentially, what, what happened? The next step was he kind of snuck the tire thing back into an unrelated, what they would call an unrelated bill. And it's a Senate bill, and it's essentially uh, designed. It's more designed for electric vehicles. So it's kind of snuck that back in there, and all of a sudden, here we are. We're going we'll to be voting on an unrelated bill that has, you know, that has the tire ban back in it. The tough thing about this, the, the
0: the awful thing about this, is is you have government stepping in and trying to impose government's will on the people. Right. Now, who does government work for? They work for us, right? Senator Marco Leas, in a de- Democrat in Edmonds. Yep. I hope those people. Vote him out. If this guy's trying to tell you how to live your life, vote him out. He's not your boss. Right? He's not your boss. You elect him. Yeah. You decide him. He graciously comes to you, and he begs you, and he says, please, please send me to Olympia. It's my dream to be in Olympia. I want to go and act on your behalf. And then without even telling you, he sticks this thing in the Senate bill. And not only that, they not only stuck this tire thing in— they also said, oh, yes. what's this other thing? For idling trucks? Yes.
1: Tell so, me about the idling okay, truck thing. So let's look at the idling
0: of the trucks. So okay. if a truck idles for more than five minutes, what's that's the right. fine that they want to impose oh. on truckers? Okay,
1: the fines would for idling would run between $300 and $1,000 per day, and any police officer would be able to issue these fines. <laughs> you know how many truck truck drivers we have listening to this show right now? Yeah, they, I'm, 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 yeah, that's probably a lot. Not, you just, probably get a lot on the text line, don't honestly, you? Honestly, we get so
0: many on the yeah, text line I bet. who are just white-knuckling their Uh, steering wheels right now in anger. Do you know how those truck drivers have to idle? That's just how those engines work. Right. Have you ever driven up by North bend and seen all those truckers on the side? Like they're trying to catch a few Z's. They're under very strict regulations about how often they can drive. They have computers tracking everything that they do to make sure they're not overdriving. Right. They have to take breaks all the time. Government mandated. They're making sure these guys are like doing it or safe. Just, yeah,
1: anything don't go, just go to these large rest stops that have the showers and the stores and things like that. Just dozens of trucks lined up and they are, and a lot of them, you know, they, yeah, you're right. They need to be idled because they're, they're not, because, because just what you're just, you're what you're talking about, or maybe they're only staying for 20 to 30 minutes and they yeah, can't or they're catching shut the thing little, down or, or
0: they're, or they're, they're catching a little break right. in the back of their truck. Maybe sure. they're trying to do some side business. Maybe they're yep. just taking a 10 minute cat nap, right. whatever they got to do. Mm-hmm. If their truck runs for more than five minutes, which powers everything on inside their truck, what they would like to see happen, what Senator Marco Leas would like to see happen, is he wants to go and hand them a little bill for $1,000, which to me... I like truckers. I don't know why he would do this. I don't like it. That's a tough one.
1: It, it, it's, it's, all, it all comes back to climate change again, unfortunately. It's not but a tough
0: I, one for me. It, it's, There's uh, a lot of ways we can fight climate change. I There's understand. a lot of ways. Yes, and you know yes, what you don't I, do? I see your you don't point. shut
1: down the trucking industry,
0: which is where we get all of our goods and services still across yes, the country. Right. Truckers. I stand with you, and I want you to know I have your back. So listen to the show as much as you possibly can. Truckers are
1: FOJs, friends
0: of Jake. I love truckers. I have so many (laughs) friends that drive trucks. Right on. Long-haul truckers, they cross the country, they keep America moving. Sure. And so the idea that they want to find these people, make their businesses harder to actually work in the state of Washington. And
1: that's a hard job on top of it, too. Totally hard job. So they're trying to take away your
0: tires, they're trying to take away freight,
1: Right, I don't like it. Obviously, this one
0: gets me jacked up. I just don't like it. These see are that. small business owners. Like honestly, these guys are all independent. A lot of these guys, they don't all work for big trucking outfits. They're right. not all like big giant industry. No, a lot of them are, independent contractor. A lot of them are little independent contractors who yep, are sure. trying to feed their families. Mm-hmm. And you're stepping in telling them you're going to be fined three hundred dollars to a thousand dollars for trying to do their job. Right. No. Trying to, trying to
1: keep their equipment Thanks. moving and, and going and things like that. You know, it's it. That's, How do you justify a, that? It's a tough one.
0: Yeah. Tough one. No. Thank you. All right. Uh, that's that's our top three stories. Yeah, we did we did a lot of work today. Yeah, we did. All right, that is Steve Coogan. He is the lead editor at My Northwest. Steve, thanks for coming on, man. Thank you again
1: for having me. I always love coming on. Fantastic. All right, uh, we'll do it again next week. I'd love to.
0: Awesome. All right, guys, we have a ton more coming up on the show. I'm going to go get a drink of water. I'm, like, fired. I'm sweating. I need to go relax a little bit. Let's take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to have a lot more fun. Stick around. We're going to be right back here on Cobra Nights.
2: Jake Skorheim.
0: Welcome back to Cairo Nights. I have a very special guest on with me right now on Fridays. I like to have this guy on the show. His name is Mike Lefko. He's from 710 Seattle Sports. Welcome to the show, Mike.
2: Glad to be back. I kind of missed this. uh, I know. A few week hiatus. Didn't know what to do with my Fridays. We
0: took a couple weeks off. I hope you enjoyed your vacation. Yeah.
2: Not quite. (laughs) (laughs) When you're not on my show, do they just give you time off on your station? Like, oh, if you're not going to hop on for 10 minutes with Jake, you don't have to come to work today.
0: We don't even need you here. All right. Anytime Mike's here.
2: Score time with Scoreheim.
0: All right, we can just get to talk sports. You know what? I don't even really know what's going on in sports. You're just a fun guy to hang out with, <laughs> so I'm glad you can come in and talk about it and fill us in on everything I don't know, which is a lot. So I hope you're ready. Uh, where do you want to
2: start? Uh, Seahawks. They Seahawks. have some coordinators. They have their coaching staff almost fully in place. It'll be. Kind of lower level assistance, not to say that their job's less important, but in terms of what they'll contribute on a day to day basis, most people wouldn't even know or care. So yeah. outside of that, everything's set with the Seahawks coaching staff.
0: So I know there were some discussions for a while. I'm, pr- I'm pretty behind the times.
2: Yeah. Chip, we'll Kelly, catch you was, up.
0: Chip Kelly was a conversation. Yeah, maybe. That didn't
2: happen. I mean, that guy, you don't really know how much of an actual factor these guys are some of its agents trying to leak things out there generate some interest and then yeah. he quickly went to Ohio State so oh, okay. that kind of dissipated but no they, ha- they have their guys uh, the Seahawks defensive coordinator is named Adden Dirty he is, is really? an Englishman he was oh, the man, Cowboys cool. uh, defensive line coach and then the offensive coordinator everyone's excited about that it's Ryan Grubb they got him from U Oh, fantastic! Yeah,
1: yeah. After so, a
2: brief, very brief stop in Alabama, he was there for a few weeks, and then what?
0: What was it about Alabama? Just the, the he the followed weather? Kalen
2: DeBoer. Just didn't like it. No, I mean, when you get the chance to get to the NFL, I think yeah. that's an incredible opportunity, and that's a dream worth pursuing. So the Seahawks, they they got a good one there.
0: So uh, was Grub? Was he the? Was he? You said he was the defensive coordinator,
2: offensive coordinator, offensive coordinator with Kalen DeBoer here at Washington, and then was he, he was the gonna guy follow who was him.
0: sleeping in a broom closet.
2: Uh, what, starting out in his career? Yeah, way, yeah. way early on. Oh, that's yeah. great. When they I were trying to crack like it that. in the business. Yeah. yeah. Like, South Dakota. Oh, that's yeah. fa-
0: It's like literally sleeping in his sister's yeah closet because he just didn't have any, he was like uh well, they concrete don't, or something they don't like get, that. Yeah,
2: they don't get paid. So if you're a low level assistant in college football at a small school like that, they offer you like a grad assistant job or they pay you maybe, maybe a small stipend that doesn't cover any of your expenses. So you just, you got to do what you can to get by. you get like
1: a
0: break on tuition. Yeah. Like if you want to get yes. an extra degree or something, right you're there. Um, all right, so the Seahawks are looking pretty good. Also, Geno Smith, as of today, he woke up this morning with an extra twelve point seven million yeah. dollars in his pocket.
2: See, you're in touch with what's going on.
0: I just i i saw the big I, number one, which I thought was interesting. right.
2: That's that's the big news. So
0: tell me about that. Does that mean that Seahawks are going to keep Geno Smith, or does that mean that he's what does that mean? It's uh, like is he
2: guaranteed to be a Seahawk next year? I mean, you could trade him, but at this point it would be you have to trade him. So it seems very unlikely. With a new head coach, with an entirely new coaching staff, it doesn't make sense to get rid of Geno Smith. It was just that this was a tangible timeline of if something was going to happen, it, it had it to happen by this date.
0: Pay him this fat chunk of money. Yeah,
2: so the NFL has done such a good job of becoming a year-long sport because there's such fanaticism around it. and Now people know all these minor deadlines that in the past might have been glossed over. Like 15, 20 years ago, There was a small fringe of people who really obsessively followed the salary cap and all the day to day happenings of your team. But a common fan might not care about roster guaranteed money and cap space (laughs) and when a post June 1st cut kicks in. But now fans do. I think, I mean, with the, the greater access to information and this spread of. Salary cap-specific sites and year-long football blogs and podcasts, you can follow this stuff religiously, and people do. So these minor deadlines become such big news, when really, the reason, they might be inconsequential. The only
0: reason that I even knew about it is because I do a segment on my show every Friday where we talk about the top stories on MyNorthWest.com. Yeah. And that was one of the top clicked-on stories, and probably because there's some like headline-grabbing, you know, oh, Geno Smith got an extra $12.7 million today. People are excited about that. Also, anything football related. Yes, people do just get really jacked up about football stuff around here, and that happens. I guess that's just you're right. It's just that's our every day. Thing so yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and that's your every day. Yeah. That's so funny.
2: But yes, it's it's a pretty safe bet that he will be on the roster and the starting quarterback because you don't have another guaranteed option right now. Yeah. Drew Locke is a free agent. People love him, but you don't know what you get with him. He's a free agent, so you'd have to resign him still. Then you bring in a draft pick. And first of all, you don't know what kind of quarterback you're getting at 16 because you're not getting the first, second, or even maybe third or fourth best quarterback drafted. And again, with this entirely new coaching staff, it would not make sense to have this level of upheaval. So safe bet to say Gino's the yeah, quarterback. Yeah, you don't
0: just want to clear the board entirely. No, like, right. if it's If it's kind of working, then that's great. Yeah. Although as a, as a fan of winning... If, if Gino needs to go, he can go. I love the guy. I love his story, but I would rather the Seahawks win than Gino be on the team. Uh, but I hope that they can do both. I hope he can be on the team, lead them, and also win. That would be fantastic. All right, really quickly, uh, this is a little gossipy, but and we oh. haven't had a chance to talk since the okay. Super Bowl.
2: Gossipy, cool. Did you, uh,
0: did you see all the Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey stuff at the Super Bowl? I mean, like, were you surprised at how many times they cut to her?
2: Uh, Maybe in number, but... Amount of time spent on her? No, not really. Uh, I thought maybe be like in the, hey, five or six cutaway range, but you have to keep in mind. Was it like
0: 13 or 14 It was times around it 12. Yeah, yeah, but you
2: have to keep in mind that a Super Bowl audience is a much larger subset of the population yeah, than a yeah, normal yeah. No, football audience. Yeah. So I think knowing that and capitalizing on this, maybe once in a lifetime opportunity that CBS had, because you don't know if the Chiefs are getting back there. You don't know if you they're going to be know dating, dating be again. Dating. Yeah. That's so what I thought. With they're all the like... people who are tuned in and a lot of people... We're tuned in to watch Taylor Swift as well. These new football fans that they are fans are. of her—they they really are. It's so CBS to... took advantage of that, and it totally. didn't hurt them. They had record ratings. So. Record
0: ratings. There you go. I wonder how many of those viewers are like twelve-year-old girls. We in well, for we Swift. Had, we
2: had a um, the day after the Super Bowl, we had a sports media expert on. He covers all these figures and stats and everything that goes on, kind of the business side of sports. And he estimated because there's no way to actually tell. You yeah. can't You can't tell. Hey, how many yeah, only Taylor? Door, yeah. what how you many only today? Taylor Swift fans were tuning in? He estimated. Two to three million. Additional fans who Were would not just have otherwise yes. watched the game. Two to three million. Yeah. That's a, that's a lot of people. That's not a big number in TV ratings, but just take that factor it's a lot. and add it on. That's yeah. a lot of people. So yeah. I think CBS played into that knowing we have a large audience that wants to see her. We're going to hit it as much as possible.
0: What was so funny about that, too, is like you're, you're right about the ratings. They had monster ratings. I think it was the most highly watched televised event of ever, it's for CBS.
2: Was yeah. it of all time? Maybe uh, like someone a- said the moon landing might have been, oh, yeah, but that yeah, was yeah. across a few networks. So for a single network telecast, it yeah. was the most watched program ever.
0: And they had 123.4 million people tune in on average. On so average. it
2: peaked a little higher It peaked yeah. to 200
0: million. Yeah, but on average, yes. like they had 123 million people watching. But yeah, I just thought it was funny that they showed her so many times. <laughs> the only de- and I don't, I don't I don't care about Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. I'm totally fine with that, and I believe in love, so good for them. I hope they do well. I hope they get married and have uh, America's royalty baby. Uh, but the thing that I did find interesting about it was even when player, because Travis Kelsey, he had a fine game. He didn't have, like, a rock star game, though. He did fine, but he didn't, like, put the team on his back. But even when Mahomes, who did kind of put the team on his back at the end of the game yeah. – he would do something amazing. They'd cut up to that box with Taylor Swift celebrating. I'm like, isn't Brittany Mahomes around here somewhere? <laughs> like, couldn't they show his family? That would be fun to see, too. That doesn't have the
2: same impact, though. But it doesn't yeah. have the same impact. People, People don't know, care as much. Yeah.
0: And CBS is like, listen, I don't know if they're going to be dating next year. So we got to capitalize. Right. Strike while the iron's hot.
2: We did get gossipy here.
0: Yeah, I know. All right. <laughs> I didn't mean to end on gossip, but that's just the way it worked out. All right. Mike Leftco, 710 Seattle Sports. Thanks for coming on, man.
2: Always fun. Thanks, Jake. Let's do this again next
0: Friday. All right, we're going to be right back here on Cairo Knights.
2: You're listening to Cairo Knights with Chief Scorha.
0: Welcome back to Cairo Nights. It's the last segment of the night. And guys, this one's kind of an uplifting story. So I wanted to end the night on this one. I thought this was really cool. We found this story yesterday. Do you guys know who a a songwriter, performer, he's referred to in this article as a rapper, but I don't really think of him as a rapper. He's more like a, he's more like a, 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 he's a musician. I think he's kind of like an EDM guy, an electric dance music guy. Uh, He wrote a very famous song called I Took a Pill in Ibiza. His name is Mike Posner. And here is what that song sounds like. I took a pill in Ibiza To show a Fiji I was cool And when I finally got sober Felt ten
1: years older But there was something to do
0: I'm living out in L.A. I drive a sports car just to prove. I'm a real big baller cause I made a million dollars and I spend it on girls and shit But you don't wanna be high like me Never really know why you like me You don't ever wanna step off that roller coaster and fall in love And you don't wanna ride the bus like this Never knowing who to trust like this You don't wanna be stuck up on that station Stuck up on that station oh. I actually really love this song and what I really love is lyrics. I mean this song obviously like tells a story. We should do a uh, segment on the show where we just play dance music. You guys should just watch me on camera. And I just like, just let it go. You know, just like work out all of my week's frustrations, which is dance. Just dance. Which is, uh, if anybody knows me, not something that I do a lot. So it would be very special. All right. So the reason we're talking about this is uh, Mike Posner is 36 years old. He wrote that song, I Took a Pill in Ibiza, back when he was 26. And he did something really interesting on X. He went on X and he wrote about it. And he was reflecting on how much his life has changed in ten years. And I thought this was like really uplifting and really cool. So listen to this. He posted this on X, formerly Twitter. He says, "On my twenty-six, I'm sorry, on my twenty-sixth birthday, I wrote, I took a pill in Ibiza. Ten years ago, the song became popular several years after I wrote it. Yesterday, I celebrated my thirty-sixth birthday." I feel proud to look at the song lyrics and know that none of them are true anymore. I've grown into a completely new man, one that I'm proud of. The post began. uh, And then he breaks down the, like, line by line, and he tells you how it's different. So he says, at 26, these lines, I took a pill in Ibiza to show Avicii I was cool when I finally got sober, felt 10 years older because bleep it, it was something to do. He didn't say bleep. Obviously, it said the uh, real word. Uh, But we can't because of FCC regulations. And then he says, now at 36, he says, I love myself more than ever, no longer doing bleep that harms my body to try to get people to like me. Uh, the next line in the song, he says, I'm living out in L.A. I drive a sports car just to prove I'm a real big baller because I made a million dollars and I spent it on girls in shoes. And now he says at 36, he's donated that massive Jordan collection. He drives a Forerunner, and he doesn't need to prove anything to anyone other than God love myself. He says if he buys himself something nice, it's because he loves himself and he deserves it, not because he's trying to prove something to other people, which is great. Um, And then he talks about the song's chorus, which discusses the loneliness that he was feeling after being high on drugs. And the line in the song says, you don't ever want to step off that roller coaster and be all alone. And now he ends it by saying he never feels that loneliness anymore. And he said, he shared on X, he says he doesn't even feel close to alone. He spent a decade creating a community of friends and he has spent massive investment into relationships with his mom and his sister. It's better than it's ever been. And he also says his relationship with God is on a whole new level. And then he finishes it with this, which I thought was really cool. He says, if you're going through bleep right now, keep going. You have no idea how good your life might be in 10 years. I really think that's such a great message and it's one that's so true. I've experienced that in my own life. Life doesn't always work out the way that you think it's going to work out. You might get your sights set on one thing and you might have your sights set hard on that one thing, but maybe that's not the place you're supposed to go. Maybe your life is in a completely new place, like surrounded by completely other people. And maybe that life that you're like, shying away from or trying to avoid or whatever it is or this one thing that you've had your eye on this whole time maybe if you just like take your eyes off that for a second and you let life kind of flow in the direction it's going to you might find that uh you're more happier than ever I mean like I can tell you from my own personal experience that you do just look up one day and you realize like maybe I'm just like learning this now that I'm 40 and I apologize that I'm just like waxing on and on about being an old man but I've I turned 40 recently and I have three kids I have a wife who I adore I love my wife more than ever I love my kids my wife is pregnant with our fourth baby right now another boy did I think 10 years ago that at 40 I was gonna have four boys no nobody thinks that that's nuts do you know how loud four boys is that's insane But it's amazing, and it's great, and I love it. Like, I wouldn't trade it for the world. I wouldn't trade anything for the world. There's a lot of people out there who suffer from a lot of things, depression, things like that. And if you're going through a tough time right now, just, you know, life is going to get better. Keep going. I just feel like I wanted to end this happy message. I really liked what this guy said. I thought that was really cool. So uh, I wanted to share that with you, and I hope that made an impact for you. All right. I hope you guys have had a good time tonight. We've had a blast of a show. I love Fridays. I love hanging out with you guys. I hope you have a wonderful weekend. We're going to take Monday off. We're going to have a uh, best of on Monday. We're going to take a little President's Day weekend vacation. And then when we come back, we're going to have a great big show. It's going to be a lot of fun, I promise. So you don't want to miss it. We'll see you back here. Have a wonderful weekend. Have a great time with your families. Do whatever you're going to do. Have fun. But for now, night-night.